welcome to Nothing Ever Happens in Canada, but we know this is simply not true. This is a Canadian podcast about the myths, legends, and just good old stories Canada has to tell. I'm Canadian Girl. Thanks for joining me today as we go searching for this long-lost golden boot of Leechtown. But first, a little business stuff, so we can keep this channel running and go on so many more adventures with you. Have you been to the Nothing Canada souvenir shop yet? Head over there today and grab a souvenir of your choice to take on your very own adventure. You can grab souvenirs from Season 1, Episode 12, What the Maple Syrup, a fan favorite here on the channel. Enter if you dare and grab a souvenir from Season 1, Episode 16, The Old Riverview Psychiatric Hospital, or from our latest souvenir to hit the shop Season 2, Episode 25, Shipwrecks of the Great Lakes, Part 2. You can find the link to the souvenir shop at nothingcanada.com or in the links below. The next best way to support this show, and it's absolutely free, is by leaving a review. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, let us know what you think about the show. And, if you don't use Apple Podcasts, you can always share the show on social media and let others know how much you are loving all these great Canadian adventures. These simple small gestures help this show out so much by allowing us to meet even more adventurers just like you. And finally, we have a donation button through PayPal. With your generous donations, we are able to purchase more research material, pay for website fees, and upgrade equipment when needed, so we can keep this show sounding its absolute best and go on even more interesting and unheard of adventures thanks to you. You can find our PayPal button at nothingcanada.com on the top right of the page or in the links below. I thank you all so very much for helping support this show. It means the world to this Canadian girl. We made it through all that business stuff. Thank goodness. Now we can head on out on today's Lost Gold adventure. Grab your hiking boots, bring those shovels and metal detectors as we head out to the old abandoned mining town of Leechtown, BC, just 20 miles or 30 kilometers northwest of Victoria. As we arrive in Leechtown today, you'll notice there isn't much left. There are some old foundations that can just barely be seen. The odd piece of broken down, rusted equipment that of course has been sadly vandalized. The entire town has been overgrown with trees, shrubs, grasses and mosses. Mother Nature has definitely moved in and taken over. But we are going to use some of that podcast magic and head back to 1833 where our story begins in Quebec. That's almost 5,000 kilometers east of where we are now. Meet Richard H. Barter, born 1833 in Quebec. Now I couldn't find much about his early days, but I did find out he had one brother and one sister. His father was a British officer, and sometime around when Richard was about 17 years old in 1850, both his parents passed away suddenly, though I'm not sure how. Having just lost everything they knew, the three siblings packed up all their belongings and they decided to try their luck down in California where there had been a newly found gold rush. 
they took a wagon train down and had heard stories along the way of the best gold being found on Rattlesnake Bar on the American River. By the time they got down there, in the spring of 1851, all the claims along the river had been made, so they had to work for others trying to help find the gold. It's here that Richard would earn his nickname, Rattlesnake Dick. An old miner started calling him that, apparently because he was so confident he was going to strike it rich. The name stuck, he became known all along the river as Rattlesnake Dick. After just about a year of finding not much of anything, his brother and sister would pack their bags and head out. I'm not sure exactly where they went, but Rattlesnake decided he was staying and he was going to find that gold. By 1853, he had given up his career as a miner and decided to choose a less honest career path. He began to steal anything and everything he could. Clothes, cattle, food, and more. Some of the crimes he managed to be acquitted for. Others he was convicted and served small amounts of time. After this, he moved from town to town, trying to dodge those that knew him, only to be called out as a thief and have to move again. By the summer of 1856, he had began robbing travelers as he passed them on the trails. The law would catch up to him once again and landed him locked up in jail for some say a year, others say it was two years. While in jail this time, it's said he met some fellow criminal-minded friends, known to be members of the Bell's Outlaw Gang. Rattlesnake and his new friends got together and came up with a plan that would set them all up for quite some time. Their genius plan was to rob a Wells Fargo mule train carrying $80,000 in gold dust, or nuggets depending on which story you believe. Today, that's over $6 million. And they sure did. In February 1857, the group would rob three Wells Fargo stagecoaches and take off with the loot. Here's where the story takes all kinds of twists and turns depending on who and what you believe. For our story, we are going to stick with the tale that brings the gold to Canada. But like I said, there are many versions of this story, and some believe the gold never left California at all. What we do know is the gang got away with the robbery for quite some time, until they were caught up in a huge gunfight on July 11th in 1859, leaving only a few survivors, one being Rattlesnake Dick. Some say he died right here in this battle. Others claim he was in jail the night of the gun battle, which was how he was able to survive. Sometime later, he escaped from jail and managed to grab the remaining gold that he knew was out there hiding. Others say he simply showed up late to the fight. Whatever happened, he was able to sneak away somehow with $40,000 in gold dust, which is half of the stolen loot from the Wells Fargo robbery. And he made his way to Canada where he could hide out. Rattlesnake would hide out on Vancouver Island with his 200 pounds of stashed stolen gold. Ask me how? I have no idea, but that's how the story goes. He somehow managed to travel from California to Canada with 200 pounds of stolen gold unnoticed. His luck would continue when a gold rush would strike in July 1864 right in his area, so he packed up his things and headed out to claim some of the newfound gold in Leechtown for himself. The Leechtown Gold Camp was located near what was known as Deception Gulch and the Galloping Goose Trail that can still be hiked today. 
Word had traveled quickly of the discovery of gold in Leechtown. Men and women came from all over to the new gold mining town to set up for their futures. Almost as if overnight the small town suddenly had quickly put together tiny camps, a log house hotel, and had set up mining operations along the river. By August 1864, just one month later, 227 mining licenses had been issued. Rattlesnake would set up a campsite along the river. Here he would be able to pan out gold from the river as he would claim, when really he was just pulling it all out of his stolen stash from the Wells Fargo heist. Or was he? But we'll get to that. Also at some point in August it's reported the ship, the Sierra Nevada, would arrive and unload 100 more eager gold miners. The whole time Victoria continued to print news story after news story about large amounts of gold being found in the Leech River, bringing even more people to the area. It is reported people were making as much as $22 a day at one point. That's $360 in today's money. Leechtown was really believed to be the next big gold rush at the time. By that winter, the population had rose to 5,000, 1,200 of them all being miners. There are six general stores, three hotels, and easily combined 30 saloons and dance halls. The town grew so fast there were concerns at one point it was going to take Victoria right off the map. Though the Leechtown Gold Rush was said to be richer than the Caribou Gold Rush, it did not last long. Just one year later, about midsummer in 1865, many of the miners began to leave the area heading out in search of better gold. As fast as Leechtown had grown overnight, it was the same when everybody left. She quickly became a deserted ghost town almost overnight. Like we saw when we first arrived, she is nothing more than a clearing in some trees, moss-covered foundations, and some rusty old equipment that has been vandalized by those who sadly don't appreciate history like we do. You can see pictures and a YouTube video over at nothingcanada.com of what Leechtown looks like today and in its rise as a mining town. They can all be found under the show notes section of nothingcanada.com or, of course, in the links below. The rest of the tale where the hidden treasure comes into play is thanks to an article written by James K. Nesbitt that was published in BC Digest. He claims to have spoken to a man named W.T.H. Lube, who claims to be one of the last residents of Leechtown. Mr. Lube would claim to know Rattlesnake and knows quite a story about what Rattlesnake did with his stolen gold from the Wells Fargo heist. He claims Rattlesnake came to the area, spent a good portion of his so-called claim to be Leechtown gold at local saloons and the dance halls each night, living a very easy and comfortable life. When it all caught up to him, when a U.S. Marshal had arrived with a warrant for his arrest, Rattlesnake Dick is taken back to California to serve time for his crimes in either the Folsom Prison or the San Quentin. There are reports of him being at both around the same time. Like most of this story, many things have gotten mixed up over the years. What we do know is a short time later in jail it said Rattlesnake passed away, but not before he confessed to a jailhouse warden at his bedside 
where he had buried his famous stolen loot. Soon after Rattlesnake passed, the warden took two other men to the gold fields along the Leech River where Rattlesnake had confessed on his deathbed to burying his remaining loot, which was close to the original $40,000, which was half of what was stolen during the Wells Fargo heist, as he claimed to actually have found some small amounts of gold in Leechtown, which he was able to mix with the stolen loot, allowing him to pass it off as Leechtown gold. Because if you remember, each piece of gold is like a fingerprint. You can tell where it came from by things like color, purity, and more. A good gold buyer would know the difference between gold found in California or gold found in BC, leaving many to believe this part of the tale might just be true. Not saying he sold it to a good gold buyer, but he may have sold it to one who was willing to maybe look the other way. Rattlesnake had confessed to the warden he had buried his remaining stash in a knee-high leather boot, no deeper than 18 inches below the surface with a frying pan flipped upside down on top of the boot like a lid. The warden and his two men left with packed horses carrying tools, food, and other supplies needed for the trip. They arrived in Leechtown where they spent one week searching for an upside-down frying pan acting as a lid buried just inches below the earth's surface, only to be followed by a boot full of gold. A true treasure hunt indeed. Side note, there's also said to be a hidden tunnel of gold, which a gold brick was actually taken from once and was on display at a local museum, but of course has since disappeared. And there's also a hidden cave of gold, so you could say Leechtown may be a ghost town now, but it still has quite a few golden secrets waiting to be uncovered, which keeps it from ever being forgotten or lost for good. But back to our hidden golden boot. After one week it said the trio, the warden and the other two men, suddenly dropped everything where they had it and left out of frustration. Most believed they had not found the gold and simply left believing Rattlesnake to be nothing but a liar. Others believe the fact they left so quickly might point to the fact they actually found something. Who knows for sure with this tale. What they did do was draw a lot of attention to the area at the time. Some even say the warden and his friends had had too many drinks on too many occasions at too many different saloons, telling all sorts of tales about what they were up to and caused many more treasure seekers to come looking for themselves. an old prospector who later left to become a mariner, Captain Martin on his deathbed confessed while in the hospital. He would state he was a prospector up in Leechtown at the same time Rattlesnake was and claimed to know the location of Rattlesnake's famed stolen fortune that if found today would be worth over $3 million. My question is if he really knew where the golden boot of Leechtown was, why didn't he take it for himself? 
But anyway, he claimed with his dying breast the knee-high leather boot with a frying pan on top for a lid and $40,000 in gold dust hiding inside was buried 150 yards or feet or 250 yards or feet northwest from the northwest corner of the largest building in Leechtown. The two largest buildings at the time in Leechtown were the government house and one of the dance halls. Searchers have tried all measurements from both locations with no success. Others also say the captain was friends with a man named William Ralph, a local engineer, who was also known to be after the fabled golden boot. Ralph was known for sitting at local saloons, especially the saloon on Yates Street in Victoria, run by Tolmay and Stewart. He actually lived in the apartment upstairs. He would sit there for long hours, not drinking, but listening for clues as to where the boot might be hiding. Some say this is where the captain got his information from, and maybe why it was not quite correct, as it may have come from only what has been partially overheard, so parts may possibly have some truth to them, but also they may have come from those who are possibly drinking and possibly embellishing their tale. Even Mr. Lube, the last known resident of Leechtown, claims to have searched himself until his back was nearly broken, along with his friend Patty, from all the digging the pair had done. As far as anyone knows, the golden $3 million knee-high leather boot is still out in Leechtown somewhere, buried just 18 inches below the surface, with a frying pan on top for a lid, possibly northwest of the largest building that once stood in the mighty mining town that lasted for all of what seems like one minute. The golden boot of Leechtown is just waiting for someone and their lucky metal detector to finally uncover its more than over 150 year old secret hiding place. I'm Canadian Girl. Until next time, my treasure hunting friends. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com. You guys who always hang out to the very end are the best kind of people out there. And if this Canadian girl ever found any real buried treasure, you're the friends I'd share it with first. I'm Canadian Girl.